Verse number five, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that there every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Boy, can you imagine what that must have been like? Verse six, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse number eight, we know this well, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man. Pay attention to this part of verse number nine. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Now let's pray. Let's ask God to help us in the time we have. Lord, I do thank you tonight uh, for this account that we read about Noah. Thank you for his testimony. I pray that you would challenge us in our testimony through his. I pray that tonight you would help us begin in earnest. Uh, Lord, walking down this road of readiness, help it not just to be a theme of our church, help it to be a theme of our life, a theme of every day, a theme of every moment, a theme of this service, that, Father, we would take steps tonight toward becoming what you'd have us to be before you return. I pray that you be glorified through all that we say and do in Jesus' name, amen. If you got a packet on Sunday morning, you remember that in that packet there, were, uh, there was a card that I called the Footprints of the Faithful. Uh, and on that card, I'm sure many of you have read it by now, were just some of the steps that great heroes of our faith have taken to become who they were and someone that God used. Now, we all desire that, correct? I pray that every person in this building tonight, our people watching on live stream, that they desire to be ready to be used of God, that we are equipped to be used of God. Uh, there are men and women of God on this paper right here, and they gave some things in their life that I have gleaned out through reading that was important to them, steps that they took to become who they became in the will of God for their life. I'm thankful for those examples, but I have to tell you there are no examples like biblical examples. People, watch this, that God chose to put in his word. Now, the reason this is important is this is God's inspired, inerrant, infallible word, right? And so if they're in here, what we're reading is true. And what we read about their testimonies was something that God wanted you and I to know, okay? There is not a word in here tonight that God did not want you and I to know. I mean, there's not a jot or a tittle that's going to pass away. It's all going to be fulfilled. So every bit of this is important. Now, as we look in the Word of God, we find other men and women, faithful men and women, who to traverse this life, and they learned how to be ready to be used of God and then ready to meet God. Now, I don't know about you, that's the goal of my life. Uh, as the Lord began laying this theme on our heart throughout the summer and fall of this year, I said, really, that's how it all boils down that we're ready to be used of God and ready to meet God. I mean, I'll promise you there's nothing you could focus on greater in your life. You say, well, I, I have to work tomorrow. That's important. But you know, working, what does work do? It helps us buy food, and food is good, and we eat food, and it helps us pay for our house and pay for our vehicles. But you know, most of the things that we're going to pay for with our job, because we work, we're leaving them behind. Amen. They're not eternal things. One of the most important things you can do in your life is ask the question, Am I ready to be used of God, and am I ready to meet God? 
And if I'm not ready to be used of God and ready to meet God, what does the Word of God say that I need to do and what do I need to be in order to be ready? Now, we're going to look at a few heroes as we go throughout this series entitled The Road to Readiness. The Road to Readiness. I I alluded to it on Sunday night. Uh, At some point, you've got to start taking steps toward becoming what you're not or you're always going to be what you are. Would you think about that? I pray you're not the same person here on January the 18th, 2023, that you were January the 18th, 2022. That would be a horrific spiritual tragedy that you never took steps down the road of readiness to be someone that God could use or to be someone who's ready to meet the Lord. Now, the Word of God gives us people who traverse this road, and I think tonight we could simply follow in their footsteps. There's nothing like following someone who is headed in the direction you want to go, right? Amen? That's a good example. Following in the footsteps of someone who God says was just. Following in the footsteps of someone that God says he walked with me. I'll tell you tonight, there's no better way to become ready than walking with God. And oh, the closer you get to him and the more you walk with him, the more he rubs off on you. And so rather than follow the footsteps necessarily of folks that we might know around us, we're going to follow these footsteps of the faithful straight from the word of God. I heard a story. I got to give you this and we'll jump right into it. I heard the story of a pastor that preached a funeral much like we did today. And uh, the pastor was driving these country roads trying to get to a a small town cemetery where the person was going to be buried. And uh, on the way, the pastor had to stop, had to go to the restroom. And and he thought, you know what? I'm just going to let the procession go on around me and I'm just going to pull in this roadside park and then get back on the road and go to the cemetery. And so he pulled in there, went into the uh, the little roadside park, and he came out. And when he came out, uh, he looked, and the entire funeral procession had stopped behind him and waited for him uh, to get finished up so he could get on back about the funeral. You have to be careful who you're following. You might not end up where you're going, uh, and you might end up with some delays if you're not following someone who's going where you're going. Now, tonight, we're going to look at Noah. Very, very simple. God's going to show us some things that were important to him in the life of Noah and steps that Noah took on this road to readiness, okay? We're going to find how to be faithful one step at a time, and I pray you're going to take these steps tonight. So let's look at this if we could. We begin here with Noah. The Bible says, the world was wicked. Notice that it's very important. Verse number five, the world was wicked. The Bible says that the imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, Now, you think about that. Our world's evil. We live amongst a wicked people, and sometimes we are wicked people. But I don't know that we could say that we're living in a world where every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and yet that's where Noah lived. And yet God was about to use Noah. Why? Stick with me. He was ready to be used. All right? Noah was ready to be used. God wasn't using someone that was not ready. God was using someone that was ready. So why was Noah ready and what did Noah do to become ready? I think we see our first answer in verse 9. That's the first step, okay? Pay close attention. The Bible says these are the generations of Noah. Noah's a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Now stop right there. I want you to think about something. Verse number 9 comes before God calls Noah to build the ark. I believe this is crucial tonight. Notice that God did not call Noah and say, Noah, I want to use you. And then Noah said, ooh, I better get ready. 
No. Verse number 9 shows us that Noah was ready and then God chose to use him. This is vital tonight. All of us desire to have future opportunities to be used of God, right? You want to be used of God. You, you know it. Look, you're in a flesh body just like I am. And you get jealous when you hear how God used somebody else, don't you? They would, I told somebody the other day, all these preachers talking about winning somebody to Christ on an airplane. I keep trying, but they put their AirPods in. You know, they grew up in a generation where they didn't have AirPods. You know, I want to win somebody to Christ at 30,000 feet. Amen? I've yet to be able to do that. Boy, I hear folks, they won somebody to Christ on a bus. They won somebody to Christ on an airplane. And you start getting jealous. And you start wondering, why doesn't God use me to do things like that? Could it be you're not ready? Could it be you're not ready to be used? Now, why did God use Noah? This is important. Don't miss this. Noah's present obedience paved the way for his future opportunity. Okay? His present obedience. What was he doing before God needed him? He was just. He was perfect or complete in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Here's the first step tonight. If God's going to use us, we need to be ready. How do we be ready? Number one, be faithful with what you know. All right, be faithful with what you know. Why is this important? It's important because we all desire what God could do with us next. I'm always wondering, what does God want to do with my life tomorrow? What does God want to do on Sunday? I'm already looking forward to Sunday. Well, I've been preparing the message. My heart is stirred for what we're going to preach on Sunday morning. Very excited about that. But can I tell you, instead of looking forward to what God wants me to do in the future, Perhaps I should ask, is there any obedience I have intended to in my present? Now, before Noah was called of God to build the ark, he was already being faithful. I fear tonight, watch this, I fear tonight we want to be ready, right? Isn't that the desire? Don't you have something inside of you that looks around and you see ready all over our building and you want to be ready and your heart stirred to be ready but could it be the reason we're not ready is because of things we're neglecting already? Are there things in our life that we've yet to be obedient to that we already know? I think about our theme this year and about readiness. And boy, I think, boy, I look forward to learning about things that God wants me to be ready in my life. I, I have my list right here. I think about things, boy, uh, that I want to be able to check in my life this year that I focused on growing in the Lord in these areas this year. But could it be before we start looking at things that we don't know, that perhaps we need to be honest with the, with the word of God and the will of God and focus on the things we already know? Noah, the Bible says, was being just, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Here's the message very simply in this first point. We can't desire to be ready and ignore the things we already know that God says we need to be ready in. I mean, we look forward to what God wants to do with us, and you look on here and you're thinking, wow, I don't know that I can check this box on witnessing. I want to be a witness. Who doesn't want to be a witness? If you're saved, there ought to be something in you tonight that you want to be a witness. You want to win other people to Christ, to take one of our beautiful new tracks, invite somebody to church, or win them to Christ. There's something inside of all of us, I believe, tonight, wanting to be a witness. But I wonder tonight, have we skipped over the baptism? We know God wants us to be baptized. You see, we can't skip it. 
We can't decide, you know what, I'm going to look forward to what God wants to do with me and neglect what God has already shown. Now, notice, if you will, back in verse 9, let's pick apart these words for a moment. I love what the Bible says these are the generations of Noah. Noah was just man and perfect in his generations. I think we've defined that word enough to know what it means. It just means complete. Complete. That Noah had what God wanted him to have at the place that he was in his life. There were no holes in his life. Now, I want you to think about something. What is God about to ask Noah to build? He's about to ask him to build an ark, right? God's about to ask Noah to build a boat, and boats kind of need to be waterproof, right? All right, some of you are like, I, I think so. They do. Just trust me. They do, okay? Trust your pastor. Boats need to be, uh, don't need to have holes in them. Dad, you remember that boat? I remember where my dad's at tonight. He's moving around on me a little bit. Uh, you remember that boat that we had? There he is. Dad, you keep doing that. He's, he's keeping me on my toes. He was back there Sunday. Now he's over here keeping me on my toes tonight. We had a boat, and this boat, uh, we had a plug in the back of a 16-foot aluminum boat. We used to go jig fishing for what we called white perch. I know y'all call them crappie, but we called them white perch. And, man, I love doing that. Boy, jig fishing around cypress stumps. And our boat, it had a plug in it, but there's a crack in the weld or something. And every time we'd get there to the lake, Dad would get this old gumbo clay, and he'd kind of ball it up, and we'd pack that mud up against the, the hole in the boat. Why? We didn't want it to sink, okay? You don't need holes in your boat. You need your boat to be complete, all right? You don't need to have gaps in your boat. I can't help but wonder. Could you just bear with me for a moment? I can't help but wonder tonight if God looked at the life of Noah and says his life is complete. His life has no holes in it. And if he will be faithful to be just, to walk with me, perfect in his generations, if he will do that in his life, he'll build his boat the same way. I wonder tonight if that's why God doesn't use us. Because he sees the holes in our life, the areas of our life that we've neglected. He says, if they'll be unfaithful and neglect those things, they're going to be unfaithful in what I want them to do. He says, they're simply not ready. Now, folks, I want to be used of God. But in order to be used of God, I've got to be ready to be used of God. Let me give you an example of that. Matthew chapter 25. Remember the parable of the talents? We won't read it tonight, but remember the parable of the talents. Who were the ones who got to rule over the many? Do you remember who that was? He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. A few things. What were the few things? They were the few things they had. They were the few things that they knew. And they were faithful with what they had. They were faithful with what they knew. And God says, hey, now you're ready to be faithful over many things. Do you see how that works? Folks, tonight, I believe all of us have a desire to rule over many things, right? To rule over many. Hey, God, I want you to use me to do bigger things, better things. I mean, I want God to do more with me tomorrow than he did today. But wait a minute. We've got to start by being faithful with what? The few things. The few things. Now, stay in Matthew 25 in your mind. The unfaithful servant, what did the master tell him when he came back? He says, I, I knew that thou, that thou planted, or you, you reap where you haven't sown, and, and I was afraid, and I buried it in the ground. What did the master say? I'll read it for you. His Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant. Listen to the next words. Thou knewest. Why was he wicked? Why was he slothful? Because he didn't act on what he knew. He knew it. 
Now, folks, if we're not careful, we're going to excuse ourselves of different parts of obedience in the word of God and then question why God isn't doing much with our life. God, I, I want to be used of you. Here's our theme, and everybody's getting involved in it. And they're excited. They're going to do this and go there and be a part of that. God, I want to be a part of that. God says, take care of the few things. God says, take care of the things that you know. Long before Noah was called of God to build an ark, he was already just perfect and walking with God. Uh, and I believe tonight that's one of the reasons God used him. Number one, be faithful with what you know. Luke chapter 16, verse 10, listen to what Jesus said. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Could it be tonight? Look, here we are, first Wednesday into our new theme. Could it be tonight that getting ready begins with being faithful with what you already know? You know, I meet a lot of people, and uh, they love getting in the Bible, looking for the hidden mysteries of the Word of God. You know, they're looking for the Da Vinci Code and the Illuminati secrets and all of that. And I think if you add chapter 4 with chapter 15 and subtract it from chapter 33, we have the answer of when Jesus is coming back. Can I tell you, you're wasting your time. You really are. There's enough in there that you don't even have to dig for that'll keep the rest of your life busy. If we just decided, instead of trying to find things that I don't know, I'm going to start with things that I do know. And if God's going to use us, we got to be ready. In order to be ready, what do we do? Number one, be faithful with what you know. First Kings chapter 6, I won't turn there, but stick with me. They're building the temple. I preached on this when I was a teenager. Beautiful, beautiful picture. The Bible says that when they were building the temple, they had these men who had an occupation called stone squarers, okay? Uh, do you know what they did? They made stone square. Pretty deep, isn't it? <laughs> they would take stones that were not square, and they would make them square, kind of like a chain gang from what I hear they used to have uh, when people were in prison. If, if you're a part of that, you can let me know how it was after service. Uh, but I've seen it on TV. I don't think they do that anymore because it's cruel and unusual punishment to make people work. First uh, Kings chapter 6, we read about this. Listen close. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 7, amazing passage of Scripture. Remember, they did not have jackhammers, all right? They didn't have side grinders. They did not have, listen, all they had was crude tools. But listen what the Bible says, First Kings chapter 6, verse 7. And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone, made ready before it was brought thither. Do you know what that means? I think we have the first prefab building right here in the Word of God. The Bible says that before they brought the stones to be part of the building, they were made ready off-site. And then they were chiseled off-site, they were measured, got just the right size, and then they were brought to be part of the work. And the Bible goes on to say this, that there was not the sound of a hammer or pry bars or chisels heard when they were putting the building together. You see, all of those pieces, key words, listen close, were made ready before it was brought thither. The principle there, it was prefabricated before it was purposed. I wonder tonight, is that not how God desires to do his work today? That God says, I want to use you. But you don't desire to be ready to be used because I've given you a few things to be faithful over. Folks, can I tell you, you don't have to know the great deep secrets of the word of God to know that we need to be obedient. Amen? Now, look, come on. First Wednesday of the new theme, and I threw you a softball to amen on that one, okay? That was easy, all right? 
Uh, we're not talking about the coming of the Lord. We're talking about just being obedient. We know that. What about being faithful? Do we know that? I mean, hope, look, you're the Wednesday night crowd. You know that. We need to be faithful. We need to be obedient. And God says you're not doing the few things that you know, and you're not going to be ready to do the things you don't know. Oh, can you imagine all the things that God desires we do if we were just ready? And God wants to make us ready. So how do we do that? Number one, be faithful with what you know. Now, why is this so difficult? It's right there in the word of God. I'll show you. Look at verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Now, you think about this. In order for Noah to be Noah in verse 9, he had to be willing to be at odds with the world in verse 11. Do you see that? They say, what are you getting at? Here's what I want to get at. There's going to come a time in which you being ready to be used of God is going to come down to you deciding you're willing to be at odds with the world. In order for Noah to be used of God, he had to decide, okay, I want to be ready, so I'm going to be just, perfect in my generations. I'm going to walk with God, even if it means I'm going to live in conflict with the world. Can I tell you, that's why most Christians are not ready. The reason we're not ready to be used of God and we're not ready to meet the Lord is simply because to become ready means we're going to have to live in odds with the world and we're like, I just can't take that. Now, folks, look, I've been a preacher a long time and I've learned, uh, I've learned that I don't like not being liked, okay? I know you're thinking, why did you go into this business? I didn't call me into it, Okay? The Lord called, and I learned a long time ago, it's best just to say yes to him. And in my line of work sometimes, I'm at odds with the world, and it's not nice when the world doesn't like you. Totally get it. All right? When you become a preacher, suddenly you're not just immune to peer pressure. I feel it. I do. I mean, I feel like a square peg trying to fit in a round hole when I'm walking up and down Turtle Creek Mall. I feel like it. I mean, if, if I'm not going to go into it, but I'm just going to tell you. I stand out like a sore thumb in that place. I feel like Pee Wee Herman, you know, and uh, hanging around a bunch of bikers. I just, I don't feel like I fit in. I don't fit in. I would love to feel it. Wouldn't you love to fit in? Wouldn't it be nice if the world just embraced you and says, I love you because you love Jesus? Never going to happen. At some point, in order to be used of God and ready to meet God, you've got to become ready. In order to become ready, what do you have to do? Well, Noah's steps here, number one, he was faithful with what he knew in spite of being in contrast with the world. Number one tonight, what's the first step down the road of readiness for Noah? He was faithful with what he knew. We're going to have to be faithful with what we already know. Let's not look too far forward. Let's look right at our feet and see what we need to do that God's already told us. Number two, let's look closely to verse 14. What did God tell him to do? Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and thou shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it. And it goes on. I'm not going to read all of it for the sake of time. Look at all of the great detail that God gives him in his plan. Now stop right there. Stick with me. Beautiful picture here. God is giving Noah great detail in everything he needs to make that ark what? Ready. God says, Noah, this is what I want. This is what you need to do in order for it to be ready. Now, can I tell you tonight, if God took the time to tell Noah these things, Noah needs to take the time to be attentive to these things. 
Why? That's what God wants. No matter how much or how hard or how easy it is, if God wants it, we've got to be attentive to it. Number two, the second step tonight down the road of readiness that Noah took, number two, be diligent in the details. Be diligent in the details. Now, I want you to notice something between point one and point two. I find it interesting that Noah's journey began with being faithful over the few things, and then his journey continued by being diligent with the small things. I want you to know something tonight. I don't believe that the reason so many people are not ready is because of overwhelming sin. As far as I know, we don't have any devil worshipers in here tonight. Anybody? All right, a few of you, I thought you might raise your hand, but all right, that's good to know, good to know. You know, I don't think tonight that we have some of the world's worst people in this room. I really don't. But do you know why I believe, I do believe tonight that many of us are not as ready as we could be. Will we agree with that? Do you know why we're not ready tonight? I believe it really boils down to neglecting the small things. Not being diligent with the small things and the details of our life. I'll tell you this, you may not agree with me tonight, but I believe this is true. If you look around and be honest, I believe you'll see this. There is more detail to Christian living than we're honestly willing to admit. There's more detail. We have a God who gave this long list to Noah. Noah, this is exactly how I want you to build. And if you're going to have an ark that's ready to be used, you're going to have to be attentive to the details. By the way, can I tell you, Noah didn't have to know why God told him to put a window where God told him to put a window. God says, I want a window here, I want a door there, I want it this tall, and I want it this long. There's no need tonight that I get in there and try to figure out why on earth did God make it so many cubits. All that I'm responsible to is to be obedient to it. Here's what happens. We begin reading through the word of God, and God's not telling us to build an ark, is he? I'm thankful for that. It'd probably sink, okay? God's not telling us to build an ark on these pages. God's telling us to build a life. God's telling us to build a home. God's telling us to build our children. God's telling us to build our marriage and to build our church. And God gives us great detail on how we can have children that are ready and a home that's ready and a church that's ready. But why are we not ready? I'll tell you why. We're not diligent in the details. All right. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't kill. Okay, that's kind of generic. I think I agree with you on that one. I think there's probably a little more detail to the Christian life. Would you agree on that one, right? A little more detail. Do you know why our children are not ready for the world? We're not diligent in the details. God is kind of specific about how we should raise our children. Amen. God's kind of specific about how we build our homes. He spells it out, Ephesians 5, husbands, wives. He gives the details. God's specific on how to build a church. It's amazing. I've said this for years. Churches are like Baskin Robbins. There's like 32 different flavors out there. And a lot of them are, are fruity and nutty. <laughs> Amen. It's a lot of them out there. I, I love going. You know, Baskin Robbins, you can even tell how bad the recession is because the little sample spoons are getting smaller. It's not even enough to sample anymore. You need two of them just to rub on your tongue to get the taste of it. You go through Baskin-Robbins, you see all the flavors that are there. Why? Because everybody likes something different. I've heard people say this, and maybe you've said this, but I believe it's an error. Well, that's just the way I like to worship. Stop. I thought we were supposed to worship in spirit and truth. God says, this is the way that you worship. God says, this is how I've designed worship. I am the object of, of worship, therefore I should never enter in there. 
I am the object of worship, therefore I say spirit and truth. You see, God gives great detail. All of this stuff that we have created that isn't in the word of God, I hate to tell you, is what's making us not ready. Well, I like to worship this way. That's fine, but hey, that kind of church is not going to make you ready. You need a church who's willing to be diligent in the details. By the way, can I just stop for a minute, talk to our young people. Boy, young people, if you've got a mom and dad tonight who's diligent about the details, you ought to give them a hug and a kiss tonight. Scrape up some change, take them a Taco Bell and buy them a taco. You know, I think every teenager could afford a taco. They're like 99 cents. Why? Because they're trying to build a boat that won't sink. Why? Can I just say this? I know we're living in this world where it's, it's, it's dangerous to say anything about husbands leading their homes, but it's in the word of God, so we're going to preach it. Amen? If you've got a husband who's trying to be diligent in the details, give him a hug and give him a kiss. Buy him two tacos. Why? He's trying to build a home that won't sink. You've got to be diligent in the details. God's not going to honor you skipping over the details. I just don't know why things are sinking. I don't know why the waves are pouring in. It's because you skipped over the details and I skipped over the details. Well, I just don't like that part. God, I know you said this about putting the window here. I really don't like the window there. God, I think I'm going to put the window here. It's not about where we want the window. This is his ark. And if we stick with his blueprint, what's going to happen? Well, we're going to find that we have something that floats and helps us survive. Number two, be diligent in the details. God did not give Noah all of these verses, verse 14, 15, and 16, just because God was trying to be cute. No, God says, this is what I want. This is what you need. Tonight, I believe what the Bible says, Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. There's a great truth here. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. Look. I don't think you have much of a risk of your children becoming a full-on Satan worshiper. I don't think you ever really worry about that. But you do have a problem if you're not careful with those little things slipping in your life that will render your child just as unready as becoming a Satan worshiper. You see, Satan doesn't, doesn't care whether or not you become a Satan worshiper or just a backslidden Christian. They both lead to the same place. That's all that he cares about is that you're ineffective and not ready. How do we get ready? we got to be diligent with the details. God would not have spelled it out for him if he wasn't serious about it. And look, Central, I love you and the Lord, but this year we're going to be diligent with the details, okay? We're going to be diligent. If God's word says it, then we're going to do it. Why? Because we want this church to float. You know, I look around our ark here. we got a lot of empty seats. we got room for more people to get on this boat. That's good. we got room for growth. But boy, it's a sad thing to bring folks into a boat that's going to sink because we, his people, aren't diligent with the details. Let's make sure tonight that we're taking these steps down the road of readiness by being diligent with the details that God has given us. How do we let things slip? I'll give you a couple of examples real quick before I give you the last thing. When we avoid changes that God has already shown us that we need to make. God already shows us these are changes you need to make in your life. We know that and we avoid that. You know what you're doing? You're not being diligent with the details. You're leaving a hole in your boat. Water's going to pour in that hole. The area that you're not diligent with is where the water's going to come in at. Think about this tonight. How do we have boats that sink and families that sink? It's when we start missing services that we could have made. We're not being diligent with the details. It's Wednesday night. All right? Wednesday night is not like Sunday. Oh, can I tell you? That's just where it starts on Wednesday night. I, don't, I know I'm tired. Uh, I could be there, but I'm not. You're not being diligent with the details. What's going to happen? That's going to lead to Sunday night. Then that's going to lead to Sunday. And after a while, you're totally out of church. 
Number two, be diligent with the details this year. I believe there's more detail tonight in the Christian life than we give it credit for. And here's the truth. We just don't want to open the mirror of God's word and see who we really are. We don't. I'm, I'm telling you tonight, I don't, I don't either. We don't want to get in here and see the details of what God says about me as a husband and God says about me as a father and what God says about me as a pastor. Okay, God, what do you say? Whoo, I don't think I like how that makes me look. But can I tell you, it's truth. And if I'm going to be a pastor that, 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 that builds a church that doesn't have water in it, we're going to have to make sure we're diligent with the details. He said, well, I'm glad I'm not you. You're the captain of a ship somewhere, of your home, at the very least of your heart. Be diligent. Think about Matthew 13. The Bible says that there is something that God used to illustrate great faith. Faith enough to move mountains. Do you remember what that was? It was a mustard seed. It was a little thing. Faith as the grain of a mustard seed, something small. How often do we neglect those small things? Mark chapter number 12. We had the widow who had a very small offering. But what would she do with that offering? She was faithful with it. She was faithful with the two mites that she had. And now her testimony speaks for her even to this day. John 6, there was a boy who had five loaves and two fishes. This is just, it's a little bit. Can I tell you, you better be faithful with the little things. Be diligent with the little things. Why? Because God desires to use us, but he won't use us if we're not faithful with the things that we already know. If you'll look down real quickly, we're going to finish up on verse 22. Verse 22 is going to bridge point two and point three, okay? I want you to look down at what the Bible says, the first three words of verse 22. The Bible says, thus did Noah. Thus did Noah. God says, here's your list, Noah. Build it this way, this big, this tall, that long. There's a window. There's a door. God said, build it that way. Watch this. No argument. Thus did Noah. Do you know how we will become ready to be used of God? When we know God's will, and thus did Brother Jack. Thus did this Noah. Thus did Nehemiah. That's how you build something that floats. But wait a minute, I I just don't know that I like the window there. Doesn't matter if we like the window there. Thus saith the Lord, thus did us. Amen? That's how we build something that floats. We got to be diligent in the details of what God tells us to build. Finally, in verse 22, look at the second part of that verse, and I'm going to let you go. Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, So did he. So Noah's faithful with the few things. Long before God called him to build an ark, he was already just and already perfect in walking with God. So he was faithful with the few things. But then we see him being diligent with the small things. Every detail that God gave him, he was faithful to. Notice the third step that Noah took down this road of readiness. He didn't quit until he was done. It says, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. The third step tonight, the final step, I believe we need to take in our homes, in our hearts, in our church, be committed to the finish. Be committed to the finish. I believe tonight that far too many of God's children are not ready for his return, return because they lacked unconditional commitment to God's will and God's word. Now, folks, commitment is either all in 
or all out. There's no partial commitment. That's, that's a redundancy. There's no such thing as a partial commitment. I saw the other day where one of the quarterbacks for LSU's football team, uh, one of our recruits decided he didn't want to play for our team. And uh, he says, I have uncommitted. I have uncommitted from the team. And I wonder how often we do that as Christians. Something comes along, something more shiny, something more entertaining, maybe something that makes us feel better, and we decide, you know what, I'm going to uncommit. That's how we're going to be found not ready because we're not committed. We move around from desire. We move around from passion. We move around to things that we enjoy when the truth of the matter is if we're going to be ready not just to be used of God but ready to meet God, we've got to be unconditionally committed. I'm going to finish all that God said. That's what Noah did. Look what it says. He did according to all that God commanded him. So did he. When I read that just this afternoon, I couldn't help but think about Samuel. Uh, boy, what a testimony Samuel has. And I think tonight, verse th- uh, 19 of chapter 3 in 1 Samuel should be a testimony that we all strive for this year. Listen what the Bible says about Samuel. Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. The Bible says, and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. What do you think about that? What a picture of faithfulness. Did not let a word fall to the ground. Tonight, I believe, is, is God's people. We've got to get to the place where we adopt that as our life's motto, that I'm not going to let a word fall to the ground. I'm trying to build a boat for my family. By the way, you go back and you're reading Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. The Bible says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, moved with fear, built an ark to the saving of his house. Noah wasn't building an ark just for Noah. Noah was building an ark he was going to get his family on. Do you know There's some things that maybe I wouldn't do for myself tonight, but boy, I know I'd do for my family. There's some links that I would go to, sacrifices I would make for my family that I may would not do for myself. Can I tell you tonight, listen to me, all of us are building something. We're all building an ark. And how sturdy and how strong that ark is depends tonight on how faithful we are with the few things, how diligent we are with the details, and how committed we are to the finish. If there's one thing that ought to motivate us tonight is the very thought of our families, that Noah was faithful and diligent because he was building something that not just he would get on board, but his family would get on board as well. Noah says, I can't quit. Why? Because my family's got to get on this boat. Noah says, I can't argue with God. Oh, how often do we argue with God? God, I don't like the where you want the window in my life, and I don't like the length of the ark that you want, and I don't like how wide the ark is. God says, be diligent with the details. Your kids have to get on that boat, and you want them to float. Amen? We want our kids to make it, our home to make it. We want our church to make it tonight. I promise you, we will not make it as a church unless we're committed to the finish. Let's make sure this year that we start taking steps down the road of readiness. What did Noah do to get ready? Well, it's very simple. He was faithful with what he knew. Tonight, here we are, first Wednesday night. Is there things that you know in your life that God has already made clear that you've yet to check that box of obedience? No, I haven't done that yet. Maybe you need to get right with somebody. Maybe you need to confess a sin before God. Don't have to come confess it to me. Confess it toward God. Is there something you already know in your life, a box that you need to check before God's going to let you be ready to be used for the next thing? And then are you fudging in the details? 
As God made clear some details, look, look, I'm not drinking, smoking, and gambling, and all that. I'm not, no, no. Has he given you more detail about what he'd have you to do? If he has tonight, hey, let's be diligent with that. If God has pointed it out, that's what God wants, and that's what God needs to get in order for us to be ready. And then finally, are you committed to the finish? Are you committed? No, I'm, I'm not going to let a word fall. I'm going to be committed to do all according to what God has made known in my life. Folks, tonight, what an exciting service. It really is. Tonight, we have an opportunity to start taking steps down the road of readiness. The question is, are you willing to take the trip? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together tonight.